All right. Welcome back to From Eight Arbitration, Monday edition. I have Mr. Jason J.B. Leith in the house. He's going to cover a lot of topics, uh, primarily this $39.99, where management is, to me, attempting to circumvent the TRAP process by doing 39.99s immediately afterwards on a light day and then trying to hold you to that demonstrated performance. I believe that that is part of them getting their asses handed to them on this TRAP process. Uh, I believe all the things that we're seeing right now are are as a result of them getting their asses handed to them. This hour office time, stationary events, this stuff here with the 39.99, all these things to me is coming down from headquarters trying to get us like they did the rural carriers. And so JB's going to cover that. Anytime there's a hot topic, I'm going to address it. Uh, to me, the NELC has checked out on us. They've opted out of this fight. We're not going to do that. If there's a hot topic in California, I'm going to address it on here just in case it makes it to New York. And uh, because I want everybody to be educated, whether you're dealing with it or not, I want to be I want y'all to be educated on this podcast. That way, when it comes up, you'll say, hey, Corey talked about that. JB talked about that. And we'll just do the educating here. Okay. So NELC, they want to opt out of it. Fine. Uh, they can just collect our dues. JB and I'll educate you on here. All right. So uh, JB is going to come on. He's got several topics he's going to cover. Some won't take so long, but it's going to be very detailed. Uh, when I get to the episode, when I put it up, I put on there the times of when things start because this is going to be very detailed stuff he's going to talk about. So get you a pen and paper. Listen to it two, three, four, five times if you have to. But he's going to educate the shit out of you. Uh, also, uh, if somebody's quoting me on here, make sure that they have quoted me properly. I know that business agents are getting their asses chat because of things I talk about and, and their rap sessions they bring up from eight arbitration. I don't care. I don't care if they like me. I don't care if they like this. I really don't. But had one the other day saying that I'm talking about these stationary events now because of these memos. And they said that what I'm not saying is we have always dealt with stationary events. That's not true. Matter of fact, I have said we have fought too long to keep management from doing what they're doing, which means in the past <laughs> we have fought too long. And so, yeah, we have dealt with them trying to do these stationary events in the past. What I'm saying is these memos have opened the floodgates for management to do that, and they're justifying that through these memos. That's what I said. So anybody that's going to misrepresent me or misquote me, make sure you keep them in check. Uh, they're not going to do their own podcast, but they're going to try to rail on mine. They can kiss my ass on that. Uh, so I think every region should have their own podcast. I think that every region should have their own podcast because different things happen in different regions. And your employees, your carriers need to understand the hot topics like JB and I talk about on here. Each region should have their own podcast uh, don't tell me you don't have enough time. I just walked in the door from doing my route. JB just walked in my door from doing his route. Uh, he works about a mile from here. And so don't tell me you don't have enough time because we're going to be going about 10 o'clock tonight on this shit trying to educate. So don't hand me that shit where we don't have enough time. You got enough time and you get paid a lot of money to educate and to take care of us as an agent. And so, um, you know, again, get off your ass and educate your people in these regions. Uh, and that way, JB and I don't have to constantly do this shit. But until you do, we will. 
And so all of that to say, JB's in the house and he's going he's gonna to come on and uh, take care of some business for me. And then uh, I'll come back on the other side of it. But you ready? We all ready. All right. He's ready. So I'm going to get out of the way. Mr. Leith is up next. Well, all right. We're back in the building. After a nice day's work, we're here. Like Corey said, he just got through delivering his route. This is the Monday edition of From A to Arbitration. I just got through delivering my assignment. I do. I work about a mile from Corey. So I was able to get done with work today and come on down here and try to spread a little bit of love and a little bit of knowledge out there to the fan base. Again, before we get started, just want to say thank you. Uh, thanks, Corey, for having me on. Appreciate him inviting me out. I know I was supposed to have been out here on previous weeks, but was unable to make it. And you want to talk about an uncomfortable person to tell you can't make it. <laughs> I'd rather, I think I'd rather tell my dad I couldn't make family dinner than tell Corey I couldn't make an episode on the podcast. But I, I do. Uh, uh, please forgive me. It is a very busy time of the year for me. Uh, my little man, he plays baseball. Uh, I coach his baseball team, and something I've gotten the privilege of doing for the past three years, and it's something I love doing. I have a, a deep passion for coaching. It's something that just. Um, it's not me trying to live vicariously through him. I enjoy watching him utilize his talents, uh, and I enjoy being able to coach and try to develop young boys to play as a team to beat another man's team. And so it just it gives me a lot of satisfaction to be able to do that with him. It's my competitive outlet. It's something that I enjoyed. I grew up playing sports. Uh, it was something I grew up playing little league and on to middle school and high school and was fortunate enough to be a collegiate athlete. So now it's my turn to pay back and to try to help those before, uh, you know, I'm too old to do this anymore, but I've enjoyed the crap out of it. But with baseball, you have weather. And sometimes with weather, we have cancellations and we have makeup games. And he had asked me to come out last Sunday and I said, Corey, I said, we play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And I said, there is no way I can be out there. And he said, well, I've got to get this episode done. Do you mind if I go ahead and do it? And so uh, please forgive me that I wasn't able to do that. But I appreciate him being patient. Appreciate you guys being patient. Enjoy being back out here. It's definitely a blessing to be able to come out here and talk and just be able to express anything that might help. Right? And that's what we've always talked about. Anything that might be able to be a benefit to you, the city letter carrier, our union, our fight, uh, on our working environment and the methods that management uses against us. Um, before we get started, I'd like to also say, since my last time out here, we had our regional rap session, regional training back in March down in Biloxi, Mississippi. It, it was fantastic. I mean, what a wonderful uh, rap session that the NBA's office put on. It was very, very good. Enjoyed it. Uh, immensely. It was a new venue this year, which I thought was definitely an upscale from what we had been going to, but a little further drive from my branch, but it was worth the drive. And we had a fantastic time, was able to go down there. And it has always spoke to me from the beginning of my involvement, fellow brothers and sisters coming together under the same roof. There's something to be said about that that unified group coming together from the four states of my region, from Louisiana to Alabama, Mississippi, and here in Tennessee, everybody being able to come down and to educate, to gain knowledge, and to be able to see our brothers and sisters that we haven't seen since the last rap session. But my MBA's office did an exceptional job, very well put together, had some great training courses, 
Uh, I'd like to thank them for asking me to be a part of that this year. Uh, I was able to teach one of the days down there, and it went really, really well. And I appreciate that opportunity. And so uh, I thank them very much for the, the things that they've done to establish getting education out there and being able to help out with our brothers and sisters here in my region. So um, a couple of things Corey asked me to touch on. You know, there's three things I was really kind of going to talk about today. Uh, one, obviously, being the, the hot topic, the thirty nine ninety nine, how management has come in and, as Corey said, bastardized using the thirty nine ninety nine outside its uh, intent. I also want to talk about the welcome back letter, the return to work letter, whatever they may call it in your region or your area, your demographic location. If that's something that's being uh, put out on the workroom floor and carriers are being solicited to sign that, we should be grieving that. And I'm going to go over what we should be grieving that under. And then Corey asked me to touch on a subject he had already expressed to y'all about the mandatory load truck. Management came uh, out in the Nashville installation and made a mandatory uh, usage of the load truck through the MDD scanner. Now, two things. Initially, when this hit, I thought of two things. One, more time. Okay, I mean, that's the easiest way to look at it. You know, they're going to pay us more money to do more work. And what could potentially break management quicker than any grievance is hitting them in that pocketbook, right? I mean, if we're out there already spending this much time without using the MDD load truck, what we would be using if we utilized the MDD load truck feature. So on one end, we looked at it as break the bank. If they want to pay me to do more work, I'm going to make sure they're paying me very handsomely to do so. But on the other side of it, there's that conditioning model. There's that conditioning mindset that what can we tell them is mandatory and they'll go with it. What could we build on this? And I'm a, I don't want to say a creature of resistance, but I'm a, a creature of dumbass. And I didn't really think the, the utilization of the load truck feature for carriers in my installation that have been servicing a, an assignment for 15, 20, 25 plus years was beneficial. Nor did I think it fell in line with our contractual handbooks and manuals, our provisions that we go by. I got an update. Right now that grievance is at formal step A. I'm set to meet on it Friday. I did receive a phone call, and like anything in this business, nothing is certain until the ink hits the paper. But they're already wanting to know resolution talks. And if you're already wanting to know resolution talks with me, you're already saying we know we cannot mandate you to do something. So they want to know what's a potential resolution on the table. So we have discussions already. I'm going to finalize those discussions tomorrow because I'm either going to get a yes or I'm going to get a see you on Friday and you need to have your case file ready. But if we don't get a complete rescind of this mandatory policy and some other language because I... I believe it falls in line with creating inconsistent policies outside our contractual bargain agreements and our VR handbooks and manuals, then you know we're going to move that grievance forward. We've got many resolutions in this installation where they have been told to cease and desist implementing local policies. And I think this is no different. This is a policy that they created outside the guidelines of our handbooks and manuals. The M41 uh, specifically addresses 
how we will handle packages and sequencing them in the back of our truck, minus any mention of any usage of a MDD load truck feature. So I'll keep you posted. I'll keep Corey uh, aware of that, and he'll, he'll let you guys know how that finishes up. But that's one of the updates I wanted to give you. Uh, second, I wanted to touch on you guys. Again, thank each and every one of you for the positive comments, the feedback that I get, for the, the questions that come my way, and I will be 100% honest, I cannot keep up with it. <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you I've answered every single one, but there's going to be somebody out there shaking their head right now. He didn't answer me, and I'm, I'm doing my very best, I promise you. Uh, and no excuses, but I'm the shop steward at five stations here in this installation. We need... We need a brother or sister to step up in a few places, and I'm hopeful that they'll do that. We've been encouraging some to, to come to our uh, training sessions, our steward trainings, and to get acclimated in handling grievances and to represent their unit. Uh, I'm also the formal step A for this city, which is a revolving door. Every single Friday, I'm meeting on anywhere from 10 to 20 grievances at the formal step A. And that might not be much to some. That might seem like a lot to many. I don't know. But I can tell you, you never know which case is going to go to arbitration. So I can never, ever rest on not giving my full attention to a case that I know I'm meeting on Friday that is going to be impasse to DRT. It has to be perfect in my mind. And while we'll never reach perfection, it's definitely something I'm damn sure going to try to achieve. But I want to thank each and every one of you. Some of y'all have been sending back to me personally resolutions, positive outcomes, uh, and that is, that is uplifting. That is ultimately not only one of the reasons I do this, but a big reason is to help. And to see somebody be able to use something and to represent their brothers or sisters in their unit and to have a positive outcome for our union. And that is 100% awesome. And so I couldn't be more thankful to each and every one of y'all for reaching out. When we talk about knowledge, you know, knowledge is what we're always trying to achieve. You know, that's what they always tell us, right? The individual that has the most knowledge has all the power. And we're always trying to educate ourselves to the, most of our, uh, to the best and most of our ability. I want to try to learn as much as I possibly can. And I look back behind me and I realize I have learned a lot. I've learned a whole lot. And that's been through a lot of great people helping me learn a lot. But then I look forward and I see how much more there is to obtain. And I realize it's never ending. And it's going to be never ending. But my constant search to be knowledgeable to be the most knowledgeable individual when I walk into a room is never ending. But what is that knowledge ultimately worth? I want you to envision knowledge being the equivalent of the most badass automobile you could ever own, right? You know, the whatever it is in your mind, whether it's a, a souped-up muscle car or a a fancy sports car, a luxury automobile, whatever it is in your mind, the most badass automobile out there on this planet, and you own it. It's the equivalent of knowledge. You have it. It's sitting in your driveway right now. 
you run downstairs or outside your front door and it's sitting right there in the driveway, whatever color you envision it as, you walk up to it, you walk around it, you admire it, you realize it's yours, you have it. And you open up that door and it's got that new car smell, you know, when you first get that brand new automobile, that, that smell you can never get back, that brand new automobile smell and you sit down in the seat real gingerly, you know, getting into that comfort. You take your hands and you rub it up on the steering wheel and you grip that steering wheel in your hands and you like, man, I can't believe it. It's mine. It's finally mine. I own it. I have it. And then you realize you don't have a key. You don't have a key to this badass automobile that you possess all of a sudden you realize you will never, ever be able to use it because you don't have a key. That's the equivalent of knowledge to me as a steward, as a formal representative. I could be the smartest individual on my workroom floor, and I don't mean this arrogantly, but I'm going to say contractually I am. And I could sit and watch my supervisor or my manager or postmaster, whatever they're called in your area, OIC. They could come out on my workroom floor and give whatever directive they want. They could give whatever instruction they want. And I could immediately know, because of my knowledge, that they are wrong. And I could walk proudly over to that supervisor or that EAS personnel and I could say, unfortunately, sir, what you just did was a violation of our contractual agreements via handbook this, via section that. You can't do this. That will negatively affect the unit. That's unfortunately an instruction that's improper. And they could look at me and say, oh, okay, thanks. I appreciate you telling me that. And you walk off back to your case feeling like you did something proud, right? You know, because you just schooled this dude. You just told him, hey, he's wrong. And he's watching you walk back to your case thinking, I don't give a shit what he said. I don't care what kind of knowledge he has. I'm going to do it. Do you know what the key is? The key's the grievance procedure. The key's lighting that ass up with a grievance. Because his word and my word becomes temporary when that 8190 hits the table. When the 8190 hits the table, everything stops. And then we use our knowledge with the key to success through the 8190 to protest his action, to protest what he's done or whatever policy he's implemented or whatever instruction he's given or whatever negative action he's taken against one of our brothers and sisters. We use our knowledge and we use the key of the 8190 to school him. And that's why it's important not only to be knowledgeable, but fire that 8190 off. Some of the things that Corey has told me that's going on across this country, and as y'all, I've told y'all before, and I'm sure you're well aware now, I don't have social media. I, I got a phone that I can call people, and I can text you, and I'm good enough to email. Other than that, I am clueless to what people have said about me, think about me, posted about me, took a picture of me, I have no idea, and never will. That's just the way I like to roll. But all I know is the things that he is telling me that's going on 
in the four corners of this country are crazy. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is mind-blowing. And some of those things I've dealt with directly, majority of those I have not. And I don't know if that's to be continued coming to a city near you. I don't know if that's something down the road. I don't know if my district manager or my postmaster in this installation just ain't going to fool with it. I don't know. I like knowing because I want to get on the forefront of it. And so I appreciate Corey expressing to whoever's out there listening, however big this fan base is, whether it's 10 people or 20,000 people, I do not know. But I know if you're listening, and I appreciate him letting me in on it. What a great outlet we have to be able to communicate and let our brothers and sisters know what's going on there so we can be ready when it comes here. So what I'm going to talk to you about today, I'm not currently experiencing problems with. But it made me think, what are we going to do if we experience these problems? He wanted me to talk about management conducting 3999s. And when I thought about it, I thought, well, okay. But listening to some of his responses and listening to why management is conducting these 3999s, it tells me that management is directly trying to use the 3999 to circumvent the T-Rap, Tie-Rap, Tear-Reap, whatever you call it in your area. I call it Tie-Rap. That's just me. But they're trying to circumvent what the Tie-Rap process did. I'm guessing that Tyrap probably put time into their station, put routes back into that station. It's amazing. All of a sudden, they're like, damn, they were really working. We got to put some time in there. What we've always been saying we were doing, they're finally seeing. But what do they do immediately? What management always does. And I'll tell you this. I'm not throwing management a bone, but I'll say this about management. When you beat them, they're immediately coming back. When you kick them, they're getting back up. When you punch them in the throat, they're shaking it off and they're coming back at you. When you beat them in arbitration, they're taking the next damn case on the same subject matter and they're ready to come back in. And you got to keep beating them down. So that's what they're doing here. They're running right back into this station under the directive, get out there immediately, conduct a one-day mail count inspection or a one-day $39.99 ride-along, and then hold that carrier accountable to that. Pick a light mail volume day. Grab a nice Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Thursday, whatever may be a light mail volume day in your area. Here, it's usually a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. We got Monday mail. Friday, they usually try to shove out some flats before the weekend. And on Saturdays, they'll try to dish out some additional things, thinking carriers are going to run because it's a Saturday and they want to go home. So usually Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday are traditional light mail volume days here. But that's when you normally see management conducting a $39.99. Now let me tell you this about a $39.99. If you're not sure what the hell that even is, a $39.99 is when management approaches you and says, we're going to ride along today with you to check your performance. Okay? Most time, carriers get very apprehensive. They get nervous. They don't like it. They feel like they're being harassed. Management is actually doing what they're supposed to be doing. What they're doing with it is what's inappropriate. 
what they're doing to try to establish a time standard is inappropriate. But them actually conducting a 3999 is something that management is actually required to do. I want to read a step four. M document 385, M00385, and this is what it states. It is acknowledged that the proper stipulated manner for determining the efficiency of an employee and whether or not the employee is, in fact, meeting standards is to conduct a one-day count as provided in Handbook M39 and M41. Under these circumstances presented in this case, it is not shown that such a formal approach was necessary or that management will seriously question the efficiency of the grievance. Now that's talking about a one-day count, talking about counting their mail in the morning. See if they make standard 18 and 8. And then conducting a 3999 will be able to check their efficiency on the street. Our M41 teaches us that we are to expect to be supervised on the street. And section 134 of the M39 that Corey has covered extensively talks about how management will go about conducting street supervision. The first thing I ever tell a letter carrier is when management is conducting a 3999 with them and they ask me about it, I tell them to validate the damn good job that you're fixing to do that you're here for a fair day's work, for a fair day's pay, and that's exactly what they're fixing to see. If management would have conducted a 3999 with me today, they'd have saw nothing more than an excellent job, putting service in the United States Postal Service, serving on the front line to the American public, and bringing my happy ass back after two 10-minute breaks and a lunch. That's what they'd have saw today. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm not going to allow management tomorrow when I report to work say, hey, yesterday you did this. So we're expecting this from now on. I could care less what management says my $39.99 resulted in. $39.99s are just to check efficiency. They cannot set a time standard for your route evaluation. That has already been covered. There is only two ways management can establish your route evaluation. Now we're currently under the TRAP process, so that is the joint agreement that both parties have agreed to for evaluation purposes, how a route will be adjusted. Outside of the TRAP process, there's only two ways management can evaluate and adjust your assignment. And they're located in the M39, section 242.32. It discusses street time. For evaluation and adjustment purposes, the base for determining the street time shall be either of these two things. That's it. These two things, A and B. A being the average street time, for the seven weeks random time card analysis and the week following the week of the count inspection or the average street time used during the week of count and inspection. I'm going to read these again. Only two ways management for evaluation purposes can adjust your assignment. 
the street time for the seven random weeks time card analysis and the week following the week of count and inspection or the average street time used during the week of count and inspection. So when management comes to you and says yesterday we did a one-day count and inspection or just a $39.99 street evaluation, this is what you did and this is your demonstrated performance. That's what management's trying to fool some of, people, some of our people out there into believing that we have demonstrated performance. What I did yesterday may not be what I'm capable of doing tomorrow. It may be less for tomorrow. It might be more. It will only be tomorrow when I can determine how I'm looking on that day. But it does not set a standard. And when management approaches you and tries to hold you accountable to that time standard, when they say this is your $39.99 demonstrated performance, they are jumping into the avenue, into the ring of PET. We went over PET and Doyce in a previous episode. Corey's talked about it. And you've got to grieve it. If you want to stop a problem in your station, if you want to stop a bully being a bully, or you want to stop management coming at you, grieve it. Grieve every single damn thing as a result of what they're doing to you. I jotted down on a piece of paper things that I could see as a result of a $39.99, almost like a, a, a tree, a, a branch, how it could branch out into different grievances. And these are just a couple quick ones that I wrote down. I could immediately see problems with 3996s. Management comes to you and says, hey, you know, today, uh, yesterday was your 3999 demonstrated performance. And you say, well, yeah, but I'm looking a little over today. Can I get a 3996? You're not getting one, sir. File a grievance. File a grievance on that. We're going to grieve everything and we're going to show a pattern of behavior that they're being intimidating and harassing us with a one-day time standard from a 3999. If you request a 3996 and management says, I'm not getting you one, file a grievance. Immediately, write a statement, get it to your shop steward, make your steward aware. I requested a 3996. Supervisor McClueless said, I can't have it. File a grievance. Get it on record. We want management to cease and desist violating the M39 handbook by failing to provide letter carrier so-and-so a 3996 upon request. If you submit a 3996 and you ask for a copy of it and management refuses, file a grievance. File a grievance that management would not give you a copy upon request of your 3996. Write a statement, any witnesses, write it down for your steward to be able to talk to. Let your steward know that you've been uh, refused a copy of your 3996 and you'd like a grievance filed immediately. If you don't get a proper disposition of your estimated time based on a one-day demonstrated performance in their eyes, a one-day $39.99, file a grievance. Write a statement for your shop steward. Supervisor McClueless denied my $39.96, disapproving my time based on my demonstrated performance from a one-day $39.99. Using a time estimation tool when we don't have a standard for street time. 
You may say, what do you mean we don't have a standard for street time? Standards for street time have been addressed. I'm going to go over them again, and many of you may know, and there's some that don't know. So this is the opportunity to get that knowledge, but to use this knowledge and take that key and fire them up with a grievance. M document 01769. Again, M-01769. The important language in this M document, which it's all important, but I want to read down a couple paragraphs, and it states, The subject office efficiency tool is a management tool for estimating a carrier's daily workload. The Office Efficiency Tool in the Greater Indiana District or any similar time projection system tool. Read that part again. Any similar time projection system tool will not be used as the sole determinant for establishing office or street time projections. Okay? That's huge. Because what management is doing is bastardizing a one-day $39.99 generally, probably in your area, based off a light volume day when you may have done better than your evaluated time for your route, and now they're wanting to try to trim off of your route to convince you, to condition you, to think that what your route evaluated at through the TRAP process is not actually what your assignment is supposed to be evaluated at. They want to convince you that this is the number. They want to convince you that you got to try to achieve it every day. That usually results in carriers skipping breaks, skipping lunches, fear of discipline, being harassed, being intimidated. They want to condition you off a time estimation tool. And we discussed one time back in the Doyce Pet episode about how management uses a one-day $39.99. That is what pet is derived from. What they would do in PET is one of a few things. They would either go in and take the average street time for the same day of the week for the previous six weeks. So, you know, for example, today's Monday. Then they would just take the possible street time selections from the average street time recorded in DOIS for the previous six Mondays and try to say this is what carrier so-and-so is capable of doing on Monday. This is what he's going to be held accountable to every single Monday based off his demonstrated performance as if Monday's the same for here through the rest of your entire career, which we know is complete horseshit. Okay? That's one of the ways they would do it. They would use the average street time for all delivery days during the previous six weeks. Or they would use the most recent PS Form 3999 time, which is what they are doing now and trying to hold you accountable to it, and you're going to grieve it. You're going to grieve that they're using a time estimation tool in violation of this Step 4 agreement. That is being used for the sole determinant of the approval or disapproval of your overtime. You're going to write a statement about that. You're going to get it to your steward, and you're going to light them up and get them off of you and get them to move on to somebody else, but encourage that brother or sister to step up for themselves too. And when they move down the line, you're going to be right there for that brother and sister as their support to write a statement on their behalf that you heard Supervisor McClueless down there running the same garbage material. You're going to be there for them. Because it might not be you today, but it could be you tomorrow. 
So you're going to do for somebody else as you would want somebody to do for you. We're going to fight this battle together because that's all we can do. We're down there on this workroom floor and we're going to combat these people. There's a couple step four agreements that I'd also like to read that, that we had touched on before, but they go in line with one day counts and one day uh, 3999s and how they're not supposed to be used. Because one of the other topics that we're going to talk about when I said how it could branch out into other subjects is the 3996 was the first one I thought of immediately. Then I start thinking about mutual respect. I start thinking about joint statement on violence and behavior in the workplace. It doesn't always have to be an act of violence. It can be behavior, a behavior that could be perceived as harassment, intimidation, that no employee will be intimidated or harassed to make the numbers. That's what the joint statement talks about in 1243 and 1242, how we won't be intimidated or harassed in the performance of our duties to make the numbers for management because that's all they care about. Their job is to hold down six wheels on a chair and to harass our ass. And that's it. So we're left to fight this, and the grievance procedure is our outlet. But when I think about mutual respect and I think about joint statement on violence and behavior, I think about this M document, M-00111. Again, M-00111. States the M39 handbook provides for a one-day count of mail when necessary. Under the circumstances, we find no violation of the national agreement and the grievance is denied. But however... A one-day count of mail should be utilized for the purpose intended by the M39 handbook and local officials are to ensure that a one-day counts are not used for the purpose of harassment. So if we have a brother or sister or you constantly being harassed every single day, being told you have demonstrated performance, being told this is what you did on this particular day, that's what you're held accountable to. We don't give a damn what Ty Rap says your route was evaluated to. This is what you're evaluated to now. We're going to file a grievance on that. We're going to include arguments about this M document, that we are being harassed, that management is failing to maintain a mutually respectful atmosphere. They are not setting the tone for mutual respect. They're showing a behavior to make the numbers that the Joint Statement of Violence and Behavior talks about. We're going to write a statement on how management is harassing us, refusing us our 96. And we're going to have these grievances to be able to connect the dots. Because the last thing you want is to come to the table one day and say, well, this has been happening for about three months. And your next step, your formal A, the B team, looks in the file and they, well, where's the grievances? Well, I didn't file any. Well, you just become hearsay. You're telling me something happened, but you can tell me whatever. You got to show me, baby. So you want to be able to show behavior, a pattern. You may not think a 3996, a refusal to get one, shows a pattern that could potentially lead maybe to a mutual respect grievance or a joint statement on violence and behavior, but it does. It shows a pattern of resistance, a pattern of intimidation, pattern trying to harass you into performing something that's unattainable. Another subject I thought that could come up as a result 
of them utilizing a demonstrative performance, a one-day $39.99 evaluation, or a one-day mail count and inspection of your route. And while I'm thinking about it, I had a brother or sister of ours actually reach out. Hold on, where's my cell phone? you have to forgive me. I just received this question earlier, so I thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring it out right here. I'll just read the question. Quick question. Does management have to notify you prior to performing a $39.99? I'm getting mixed answers from the old heads in the union here. Could you help? Appreciate the question. And the answer comes directly from the M39 handbook, section 141.2, where it talks about special office mail counts. And it states, when management desires to determine the efficiency of a carrier in the office, a count of mail may be made. The carrier must be given one day's advance notification of this special count. Use PS Form 1838C to record count and time items concerned. The carrier must be advised of the result of the office mail count. So there's our answer. When it comes to just a $39.99 evaluation, management can jump in the truck whenever they see fit. If you turn in a $39.96 and they feel like you're bloviating or exaggerating on your estimated time, and they say, well, Mr. So-and-so, I'm going to ride along today and do a $39.99 evaluation, that's their prerogative and their, um, their obligation to do so. And, and be that person. Be that person, and I hope we all are. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there and just say, if we're requesting time, be able to stand by that. If I, if I tell my management I need an hour, it's because I'm needing somewhere between about 45 and an hour and 15. I'm going with an hour because I think I'm going to hit it right there somewhere in the middle from 45 minutes to an hour and 15. If you need two hours, then make sure that's what you actually need. So when they do go and evaluate you and they jump in that vehicle with you, you can validate the damn thing that you told them because that's a great opportunity for you to do that. But don't put down two hours and then they jump in the truck with you and you go back and get it done in eight. Or they tell you to give them two-hour uh, piece to leave on the floor and then they're jumping in the vehicle with you expecting to see eight hours. That's the last thing we want to do. It's the last thing we want to do is to look like we don't have integrity. So validate the things that you say. If you tell them you got eight hours and they say, well, I'm expecting to see eight hours today, show them eight hours work for eight hours pay. If you tell them you need 30 minutes and they want to ride along with you, so be it. It's an estimate. It's not an exact time. We're not required to give exact times. It's an estimation around. But be around that. So it's just a good opportunity for you to show dumbass that you're actually requesting exactly what you thought as the professional letter carrier that services that route. Getting back on subject, one of the other things that I jotted down was potential Article 8 issues. And you may say, well, I thought we was just doing a $39.99 episode. To me, I am going to grieve everything as a result, or I feel as a result, of them coming in and trying to intimidate letter carriers with the use of a one-day demonstrated performance in their eyes that could potentially lead to other subsequent grievances. I'm going to bring their ass to the table until they back off. 
A lot of people think, well, I don't want to file a grievance because, you know, I don't want them messing with me. Well, they're jacking with you right now. And the only way you're going to get them off of you is to hit them with the paperwork. Let your grievance do the talking. They do not care what you have to say. Remember a minute ago, I could go and tell them how wrong they are and walk off and go and case in my mail thinking I really accomplished something. Meanwhile, they're laughing because I didn't accomplish a thing because they're going to do it until the grievances stack up against them. So when I think about Article 8 issues, the reason I think this is important because usually when they try to hold a carrier to a $39.99 evaluated time in their mind, a demonstrated performance, they think, well, this day you got done in 7 hours and 15 minutes. That's what your route's evaluated at. In their eyes, they're thinking, your route is no more than 7 hours and 15 minutes. I need to give you a 45-minute takeoff today so you can get 8 hours. Meanwhile, you got more mail and more delivery stops than you did that day. You got more packages or DPS is heavier or flats are different or whatever the anomalies may be, weather, construction, I don't know. But you already know that your route is going to be longer than the light day they rode with you with. But you're a non-ODL or a work assignment only carrier and they're giving you a takeoff, a pivot, a swing, whatever it's called in your area on another assignment. And you're going to go over. You take a 3996 with you to fill out your takeoff portion, your begin travel, your begin delivery, your end delivery, your begin travel back to your route. You fill it out in detail like you're supposed to. You submit that when you're done. And when you go over that eight hours, you tell your shop steward to file a damn grievance because they violated your contractual rights up underneath Article 8 because you do not desire overtime. And management forced you off of assignment. And you want a remedy to reflect your time back or compensation back Whatever remedy that you're getting in your geographical area, you want it. You want the grievances to show a pattern of behavior that leads up to hitting them in the mouth with a mutual respect or a joint statement on violence and behavior about the way they're managing your station. That intimidation and harassment, conditioning, coming after you. You're going to grieve every single thing. I even thought it could potentially lead into an Article 41, bumping a CCA or unassigned regular off their hold down because they say in their mind, well, now we have to pro provide eight hours worth of work. And in these situations, we have the right to bump this individual off their hold down opted assignment so we can give you eight hours worth of work. And we know that's a violation because they could do other things other than bumping. That should be the last resort, correct? That's what it tells us. Bumping should be the last resort before removing that CCA or unassigned regular or qualifying employee from their hold-down assignment. It could potentially be an Article 41 violation. We're going to file that grievance. We want to connect as many dots to build our case file, to build our position against the actions they are taking based off one stupid-ass $39.99 performance evaluation. What about Article 16? You know that's going to be hot. You know discipline's coming. You know they're going to take this and run with it. Unsatisfactory performance, improper conduct, failure to follow whatever they want to blanket it under. So now your brother or sister out there has a letter of warning or a suspension 
based on uh, uh, unsatisfactory performance. Expansion of street time. What are we going to do then to combat and fight that action against our brother and sister? We're going to kick, kick this grievance in their ass is what we're going to do. And I think of a very, very important M document. Well, first, unsatisfactory performance. I want to touch on that. Unsatisfactory performance is actually defined in our employee labor manual. The definition of unsatisfactory performance, we have it. We have what the employee labor manual defines as unsatisfactory work performance. And you're going to find that in section 375.2 of the ELM, Employee Labor Relations Manual. Very important that it states unsatisfactory performance is a level of performance that is repeatedly or consistently below the minimum requirements expected of an employee in the position. Okay? Repeatedly and consistently. But yet I just received a letter of warning because I had an expansion of my street time today because I didn't meet my evaluated time from a one-day $39.99. So now I'm looking at disciplinary action based off a one-day mail count and inspection, right? What are we going to do to combat that? Well, I've already shown that this is not repeatedly inconsistent. It's a one-day occurrence. But I'm being held to a time standard that we've already said can't be for my evaluation purposes. I'm going to finish reading the remainder of that 1769 that we talked to a minute ago because it also touches on this. It's going to be in your case file when you combat this disciplinary action. I'm going to pick up where I left off. Accordingly, the resulting projections will not constitute the sole basis for corrective action. So the fact that they're using a time estimation tool, PET, whatever they want to call it, demonstrated performance, however they want to narrow it down, they're utilizing a one-day $39.99. That is not what my route evaluation was adjusted to or my route was adjusted to. My route was adjusted in accordance with two ways right now under the joint agreement of the tie wrap process. So a $39.99 does not set a basis for a standard. I do not have a standard. I could care less what my $39.99 said. But in keeping going with this M document, this agreement does not change the principle that pursuant to section 242.332 of the M39 handbook, this is management's handbook, Okay, M39, that's management. M41's a letter carrier, M39's EAS, that's management. Directly out of the management handbook, again, section 242.332, specifically states, no carrier shall be disciplined for failure to meet standards except in cases of unsatisfactory effort, which must be based on documented unacceptable conduct that led to the carrier's failure to meet office standards. Furthermore, as stated this agreement, there is no set pace at which a carrier must walk and no standard for walking. That means my time or no standard for street or walking. Because the street time's always fluctuating. 
It obviously depends on mail volume, package volume, DPS volume, every houses, the things that we do every single day. Whether we're skipping mailboxes, whether we're hitting every mailbox, whether we're sitting at each box for more time than we normally would based off heavy volume. That's why there's no standard. It's always fluctuating. That's why you can't be held accountable to a one-day $39.99. That's why no carrier shall be disciplined for failure to meet a standard except for documented unacceptable conduct, meaning they were out there with you, watching you do things, watching you have expansion of your street time, watching you commit stationary events, doing a street observation without covertly or spying on us, doing things out there, deviating from our route, things that they could come up with to possibly document a reason to give us a disciplinary action. But just the fact that we didn't met a fictitious number from a day that we did on a light day or any day, it just doesn't set a standard. And no carrier shall be disciplined for that. The parties also agreed in another M document that will definitely need to be in your case file if you're combating disciplinary action for a brother or sister. And it's M document 00829. And the question raised in this grievance is whether management may discipline a letter carrier for expansion of street time and or unauthorized or authorized overtime using data obtained by management during a one-day inspection of the carrier's route. Under Article 16, no employee may be disciplined except for just cause. In this instance, the parties agree that a one-day count and an inspection may not be used as the sole basis to establish a standard against which a carrier's performance may be measured for disciplinary purposes. I'll read that again. Under Article 16, no employee may be disciplined except for just cause. In this instance, the parties agree that a one-day count and inspection may not be used as the sole basis to establish a standard against which a carrier's performance may be measured for disciplinary purposes. Meaning that one-day count inspection is just that. It was you wasting your time to come out and ride with me because somebody from way up above told you to get out there and try to browbeat these people back into getting to what we used to have in this station. We used to only have 10 routes. Y'all couldn't manage that, so now we're looking at 12. We had to create two more full-time positions. You're the reason for it. You're going to get your ass out there in those trucks, and you're going to harass those carriers to get back. That's exactly what they're doing. And we got to file the grievances. We also got to protect our brothers and sisters when they receive discipline off these actions from management. So again, coming back full circle, if this is the temperament in your station, if this is the direction management is going based off the tie wrap process, based off management's trying to get in front of the tie wrap process and they're going ahead and trying to uh, condition employees to achieve an unattainable goal every single day. Look, a thirty-nine ninety-nine is just that. It's not to be feared. 
I could care less if they want to ride with me tomorrow. Get your ass in the truck. I'm going to talk your head off all, sing all day long, and you're going to see me do exactly what I know I'm going to do. Okay? I'm going to take my two 10-minute breaks. I'm going to take my 30-minute lunch. I'm going to knock this route out, and I'm going to take my ass home. And that's it. And if you got anything crazy to say about it, we'll address it. But tomorrow, you're not going to come to me and say, this is your demonstrated performance. I'm going to grieve every single aspect as a result of their actions once they try to establish that's my demonstrated performance. If you're not a steward and you're listening, and this is happening to you, write a statement. Talk about how it made you feel. Talk about the language that they used. They backed you up in your case. They made you feel harassed or intimidated. They said that this was your demonstrated performance. That's a key word. Or this is what you're uh, held accountable to. If this is what your route's been uh, evaluated at. Write these things down and let your steward file that grievance. If you still need a 3996, re request it. Nothing's changed. You still have your reporting requirements. Those don't get removed by any management conditioning or action. You still have your reporting requirements where you must notify them if you're going to be in abundance of eight hours today. Ask for that 96. They don't get it, file a grievance. They won't give you a copy, file a grievance. They don't give you a proper disposition, file a grievance. If they say this is your demonstrated performance and this is what PED evaluated you at, file a grievance. If they start being harassment or utilizing harassment or intimidation or trying to browbeat you, write that statement, file a grievance. If it results in Article 8 issues, file a grievance. All of it. And paint that picture that management is creating. They are creating an environment that is hostile and toxic and is no longer harmonious. And you want it to stop because the grievance process is the only outlet that you have as a letter carrier. If you see your brother or sister getting the same treatment, you let them know immediately. Don't be scared to support another one. Again, it might not be you today, but it could be you tomorrow. And unless we stand together united, we will not be able to combat this behavior. I hope some of that information was beneficial. Um, again, uh, these M documents, things of that nature, I have uh, Corey or Jeremy, I'll get with him to put those things up. Again, big shout out to Jeremy. Does a, a phenomenal job from aid arbitration. That is one thing that I do have access to. I hear a lot of positive comments about Lindsay and the things that she's done and, and uh, with social media. So, hey, uh, great accomplishments to all of them. Uh, thanks for Corey. Again, uh, a shout out to him. If anybody thinks that uh, he doesn't have passion. And they just haven't either been listening. Uh, don't ever mistaken um, frustration for not having passion. When he tells me about these things, it frustrates me. You know, I've been tasked to take care of Nashville installation, and that's my job, and that's what I got to do at all times. But I enjoy, or I don't enjoy, but I appreciate is a better word, of hearing about the things that could come to an installation near me. So keep reaching out, keep informing, stay connected. You know, the only way we beat this is by sticking together and, and hitting them back in the face with grievances and getting them off our ass. Another thing uh, in closing, I just want to talk to you about um, welcome back letters. 
uh, return to work letters, whatever they may be called in your area when a letter carrier or brother or sister of ours has an unscheduled absence, they come back to work the next day and management walks up to them with a piece of paper with some ELM provisions on it and at the very bottom they ask the letter carrier to sign, trying to build a, a case against the letter carrier. We are not required to sign welcome back letters. We're not required to sign return to work letters, whatever they're called. We're not required to sign when management conducts a safety stand-up talk, let's talk safety or whatever it's titled, and they come around and ask you to sign that you receive this information. We're not required to sign it. And I'm going to go over a, a case that we filed in Nashville about this situation. And I'm just going to go down through the B-team decision with you, okay? I didn't bring everything, the case file, with me, but I did bring the issue statements. And I'm hopeful that this is something that you can use. If it's happening in your station, grieve it. They're trying to implement a policy. And we're not going to stand for that. We're going to take it to task and we're going to grieve it. Did management violate the step four settlements for case numbers? Got the case number. But M document 00544 and M-01302 and section three of the administrative support manual, the ASM, via articles 15 and 19 of the national agreement when they established a policy requiring the carriers to comply and sign a non-postal form. And the DRT resolved this case with the following resolution. The DRT agrees management at the said station violated the national agreement when requiring city letter carriers to sign welcome back letters or return to work letters. Management will cease and desist this practice. That's one of our requested remedies. When we send a grievance up, when management's doing something, when we want it to stop, we want it to cease. That's what the hell it means to do. We don't want it to ask them to please stop if they don't mind not doing it. If it doesn't hurt your feelings to stop doing it, we want you to stop doing it right now. If it's not right, stop. Period. Right? So we want management to cease and desist this practice. The DRT also agreed the letters signed by the following carriers will be removed from their personnel files immediately upon receipt of this decision and will not be cited or relied upon in any future disciplinary actions. Management's new play, or something management calls is the new play from headquarters or district or whatever, uh, wherever they're getting their instructions, is to take these welcome back letters or return to work letters and have letter carriers sign them utilizing it as they've been made aware of the rules, circumventing the Article 16.2 provisions of our national agreement. Management, to make us aware of a rule and to let us know that we are possibly facing disciplinary actions for failure to follow such rule, should be through the channels of an official discussion, a moment in private. If I was showing a deficiency in my attendance, I would think that management would take me to the side in private and say, Mr. Leith, you're showing a deficiency in your attendance. You've had so many unscheduled absences in a set amount of time. I'd like to go over the ELM, what it says about it here in ELM section 511.43 and 665.4, is it 4143, talks about attendance 
And now I want to go over these provisions. Now look, if your attendance continues down this same path, we might have to pursue something else to impress upon you. But I'm making you aware now that potential disciplinary actions could follow if your attendance follows down this pattern. That would be a 16-2 discussion. Management is wanting to circumvent that by walking up to you, handing you a piece of paper, having you sign it with some provisions on there and say, oh, they've been made aware. And put that in your file, and when you get your letter of warning, you'll see your investigative interview and these welcome back letters to establish their position that you've been made aware on these many occasions that of the potential disciplinary action of the rules. So we're going to grieve that because we are not required to sign non-postal forms. The DRT goes on in the body of the resolution of why they made their decision. Specifically goes to Article 19, and page 19-2 of the JCAM talks about local policies. States locally developed policies may not vary from nationally established handbook and manual provisions. Additionally, locally developed forms must be approved consistent with the Administrative Support Manual, the ASM. I heard Corey speak about the ASM in the previous episode when I was talking about hanging some, some dumbass TVs up by carriers' cases or cameras, monitors, whatever it is. But the ASM addresses locally developed forms, but must be consistent with the ASM and may not conflict with nationally developed forms found in handbooks and manuals. The DRT notes the handouts provided to the carriers contains postal service attendance policies at the top of the letter. The body of the notification list of Postal Service attendance requirements per the ELM. The DRT directs the parties to Step 4 Memorandum of Understanding, M-00015, which reads in relevant part as follows. Signatures or initials may be required to verify attendance at a meeting, receipt of a document, etc. However, to require an employee to sign that he has read and understood instruction as a condition of employment for which disciplinary action may be administered is inappropriate. So when they're asking us to initial or sign these welcome back letters and then putting it in our personnel file and then supporting the disciplinary action against us, they've already said is inappropriate based on this memorandum of understanding. The DRT recognizes the step four decision that we found in our issue statement, M-00544, is relevant to this instant grievance as follows. This is important. These next two M documents are right on subject. Management may document the fact that specific provisions of handbooks and manuals were reviewed by the carriers and that information regarding vehicle operations was given to the carriers. However, inasmuch as there is no national requirement for carriers to acknowledge that the subject information was received, carriers should not be required to sign a local form. We're not required to sign local forms that have not been acclimated in our administrative support manual, period. It's a local policy inconsistent with our collective bargaining agreements, and we're going to grieve it. We're not going to have them walking around willy-nilly doing whatever the hell they please. They're going to toe the line, and they're going to act accordingly. Another M document that we found in our issue statement was M document 1302, 01302. 
The issue in this grievance is whether management violated the national agreement when a local policy was issued and carriers were required to sign off that they were present when the information was read to them. After reviewing this matter, the parties mutually agree. There is no requirement that a carrier sign that the subject information was received. Period. That's it. We're not going to sign that. We're going to let our brothers and sisters know they're not required to sign that. If they want to give me failure to follow instructions for not signing it, so be it. If they hand it to me, I'm going to write down my name on it. I'm going to turn in a request for information and a request for steward time. They say, for what? For that dumbass letter you just gave me. You're filing a grievance on it? You're damn right. So if you don't mind, just go ahead and give me a copy now. And when I get my steward time and my information, I'll let you know. And we'll meet on it. And I'm going to get my case filed together. I'm going to get these M documents, and I'm going to present these to management at Informal to let them know that they cannot create a policy inconsistent with our collective bargaining agreements, utilizing a local form inconsistent with our administrative support manual. It's not acclimated. doesn't have a PS number. I'm not required to sign it. But yet, since they solicited from me or made me sign it, the fact that I did sign it, I'm filing a grievance. And I'm going to ask that they cease and desist this crap, and I'm going to ask that they remove that welcome back letter or that letter from my personnel file, and it won't be relied upon in anything. So if that's happening in your neck of the woods, or <laughs> that sounded real Tennessee, didn't it? Neck of the woods. <laughs> Anyhow, if that's happening out there to y'all, uh, grieve that. Uh, that's another form of conditioning. You know, they're attacking us, and they're not going to stop, and we've got to be ready to fight. So we're going to combat these actions that management's taken against us. And so uh, I hope this stuff was beneficial, informational. If there's anything that I can uh, ever help do, trust me, people, I'm trying. I really, really am. And again, I won't lie and say I've been able to get to each and every one, but I know that I'm trying to get to each and every one. In the same token, I appreciate the ones that have reached back out, that have asked for things, that have taken subject matters to, to task and gotten positive resolutions back. I can't tell you the amount of resolutions that are coming back. And some of them are, have been fantastic. The language is what they're wanting. Um, unfortunately, I hear a lot about what Corey's saying going on out there. You know, My job is to take care of Nashville. My job is to help out when I can on this podcast and let you brothers and sisters know what I can expound to you to help you learn and to be able to help you fight your fight. But again, the things that are going on out there have been mind-blowing. And so I want to be able to come on here when I can. Forgive me for not being able to be here the past uh, few weeks. April and May is, is ball season, and baby, I love it. I, I'd be lying. I haven't hit any of them with the throat speech yet, but I, I think we're about close to it. I had another coach ask the other day. <laughs> he said, "He said we're going to hit them with the throat speech," and I said, "No, not not yet." I said, "We'll we'll wait." We had a team down pretty good, and we let them crawl back into it a little bit. But nevertheless, I like to hang on to it till until it's necessary. But keep your foot on their throat, okay? And that's figuratively. I know y'all know that. But when, when you got management down, keep them down. I want to walk into my place of work. I have a blast when I walk into my station. Matter of fact, my carriers are laughing. They're smiling. They're talking. We're firing that mail in there. 
I don't mean this in any disrespect, but I don't need any supervisor or manager to be present tomorrow when I go case my route. I just don't. I know what I'm doing. I know how to grab my mail. I know how to case it. I know how to pull it down. I know how to load it. I know how to go deliver it. Better than they could ever tell me to do any aspect of it. And that's not me being arrogant. That's just me being honest. So I don't need the unnecessary bullshit in the course of my day. Because I want to return home to the ones I left in love safely to just go do what I need to do. So the load truck feature... I'm definitely going to keep you updated. I'll let Corey know. And matter of fact, I'll give a little shout out. My branch president, uh, Dana, who Corey has talked to y'all about. Uh, first female president, uh, the largest branch in our region. Couldn't be uh, more proud of her and happy for her accomplishments. But she has already grieved this at two of the associate offices and has more grievances out there for the associate offices, but they've already pulled off of it. They've already agreed to rescind the policy which tells me it was just a bullshit mandate. It's the old, what they call it, the old okey-doke. See if they fall for it. You know, and if we do, shame on us. If they come out there and do something about us and we don't do nothing, then shame on us. But if they come out and hit us with a mandate or hit us with a policy and we grieve it, and they start backing off these things. And that's what we have to do. We have to take cha- or We have to challenge what they bring to us. Take them to task. And so I, I give her all the credit in the world for taking them to task on that, and good for her. Now, she has been nothing but an ass kicker. Corey's talked to you all about her before, but I'll say this, very proud to serve up underneath her. She's been nothing but kind to me. So anyways, she's been an ass kicker for our branch. And so anyhow, I will definitely let you all know. Thanks again, Corey. Love you, brother. Do anything for him. He has nothing but a heart of gold when it comes to the city letter carrier. I know that. I know he talks to me a lot about, you know, I hear him talk about being decisive and things like that, or divisive, I should say, not decisive, <laughs> divisive. It's anything but. It's, it's more about encouragement. It's more about hope, involvement, help, all these things. There's nothing more uh, heartbreaking than to see a brother or sister reaching out. And, and I'll say this, and this is for me too. And this is for Corey. This is for anybody. I don't give a shit about what you've done. Nobody should care about what I've done. I'm not saying I'm anybody. I've heard Corey say things about me, and I appreciate it. I really, really do, and that's great. But the person that I may meet in the near future that's never filed a grievance, that doesn't know about me, doesn't know about what I've done, it doesn't matter about what the hell I've done. It matters about what the hell I'm going to do. For them, that's the only thing they care about is help. All they're doing is finally coming out and wanting to file a grievance and entrusting in me to do that for them, and that's my job. So I could tell you everything I've done in my past. I could tell you my record. I could tell you my percentages in arbitration. I could tell you all that shit, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So for anybody that says, I've done all this to get to where I'm at, it don't matter. It matters about what you're going to do. And right now, we need to be doing. And we always need to keep doing. And I thank every one of y'all out there for who are trying to do everything you possibly can to kick ass for your brothers and sisters. Shout out to my LA25 brothers and sisters. Had a lot of birthdays here lately. Appreciate you. Uh, Had the steward of the year up in, uh, oh golly, Sue. 
forgive me, I don't know where you're from. I can't remember. Michigan, maybe. You're going to kick my ass. But anyhow, congratulations to her. Uh, enjoyed this. Thank y'all very much. Look forward to the next time, and y'all keep on keeping strong. Love y'all. All right, there you have it. The man himself. To me, the greatest formula in the country right there, JB. He, uh, he knows his shit, and uh, there's nobody I'd rather have on my side than him. If I was to ever start a team, he'd be my first pick. He's that damn good. And I appreciate him coming to do this. Like I said, he's been working out there in the heat all day, gets off, and then comes over here so he can educate y'all. And I think that's what union is all about. Uh, I think that's what being a leader in the union is all about. And I think that's what we're missing from our leadership right now in the union is that, that willingness to get out there, not just educating your rap sessions because that's a requirement on you is to educate in your rap sessions. You're required to do that. Um, so anytime you take the opportunity to do something outside of what you're required to do, to me, that's a strong union. And he's a, he is a strong union. I was talking to him today, you know, talking about this uh, load truck feature, grieving that. And JB said, I'm not going to get into the habit of every time management tells me to jump, me say how high. So I agree with that. You know, I'm not going to be one of those that one manager tells me to jump me, say how high. I will never give in to that. I will never be that. You're trying to condition my workforce, giving us all these stupid things that we're supposed to be doing, coming up with all these new guidelines and policies and standards that you know are not right, just so maybe you can reach into some of these installations and win them over those that are not educated haven't been educated, uh, just so maybe you can get into an installation and steal some some routes because those those stewards have not been educated yet because the union is too soft in their area or their region to get in there and educate those. Um, I say that that steward over those small stations should be priority one. If there's a list, a priority list, they should be at the top. I understand going into these huge installations and educating them, it's a lot of votes in there, making sure that your presence is known in those large installations. But most of the time in those large installations, just like Nashville, they've dealt with things over and over and over and over again and have educated themselves. You got people in these small stations that will never address anything. They don't know what, what is and what is not grievances. And so that's the reason they should be priority one. To me, the small station... The, the steward that's over a few routes should be priority one in our union. Why? Because they are the ones who get taken advantage of the most. They usually have managers that can't make it anywhere else, so they're down in these, these level whatever stations that are lower level uh, because they're too incompetent to be anywhere else, so they send them out here. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They railroad these small stations, and these stewards are not equipped to handle that. And they should be priority one. And that's what this podcast can do. It can reach those small stations. I say that, that each region should have its own podcast, and I believe that. I really do. I don't care what you sound like, if you're you know animated or not. That's just me. I think everybody should have their own podcast in each region because it can reach every single person. Uh, rather than chastise and belittle and get agitated at me, do your own. Do your own podcast. You know, 
I'm just a, a city care in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't, I, I'm nobody. But I started this uh, because of some friends and, and, it's, and it's grown. You know why? Because people want to be educated. They legitimately want to be educated. And so that's what I'm going to do. All right. So uh, anyway, again, thank you to JB. Man, that dude is, is amazing. The stuff that he knows and uh, the, the time that he takes to educate himself and then come here and educate you. And I appreciate him more than he knows. I'll have this, uh, the times up on from madearbitration.com. Uh, they'll have the times on there when this starts. When you look at this episode, uh, when you pull it up, I'll have uh, what time each of his segments starts. And that way you can go straight to it if you want to and listen. And you don't have to listen to, you know, him talk about whatever topics before that. Uh, so get on to formatearbitration.com. Also, Facebook, Formate Arbitration, it stays active. Stays active. A lot of people involved in that. Uh, also, Discord. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Discord. They do a lot of great stuff. Reddit, huge fan of Reddit. They do a lot of amazing stuff on there as well. A lot of stuff going on for Made Arbitration. The shirts are fixing to come out and be sold. Again, that's 100% goes to MDA, uh, the nonprofit uh, that the NLC has chosen and so uh, 100% of those shirt sales will go to MDA we will not keep any of it okay because I already told y'all I will not take a penny for coming on here and trying to educate I just won't and so uh, those shirt sales should be going up soon we've gotten everything a lot of thanks to Mr. Jeremy McCall who's handled all of that nonprofit stuff which is a chore if you've ever done that that is that is a burden and he has taken it on himself Cost himself a lot of money, and I will reimburse him for that. But, uh, man, what a great guy that's done all that for us. But those shirts will be coming out soon, all right? So y'all uh, message Lindsay and tell her what you want on the shirt. A lot of people talking about Coreyisms are going to be on there. So <laughs> be careful what you write on there because I, I get out there sometimes. But uh, anyway, those will be coming up shortly. Y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. Uh, and I will talk to y'all. I should do one next Sunday. It's Mother's Day. Um, if not Sunday, again, Monday. Just depends on what I'm going to do with my mother. And so uh, y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. And I'll talk to y'all next week. All right. Thanks. Bye.